I'm Seth for Privacy, and thanks so much for joining us on the journey to sovereignty. We're beyond thrilled to have a place for us to chat about all things sovereignty, the why and how of reclaiming your digital sovereignty, and to give you all a chance to chime in, ask questions, and join the conversation. Journey to Sovereignty is brought to you by Foundation, where we build Bitcoin-centric tools that empower you to reclaim your digital sovereignty. This includes our Passport Hardware Wallet and Envoy mobile app. Today, if you've been hearing the hype around Peach Bitcoin or simply starting to look into acquiring Bitcoin via a peer-to-peer exchange, today's episode is for you. We'll be diving into why Peach exists, how it's different from the other peer-to-peer exchanges out there, and answering all your questions. As always, I'm joined by Bitcoin Q&A, Head of Customer Experience here at Foundation, and this week we have Steph and Chino from Peach Bitcoin as well. How's it going, everybody? Doing well. I'll uh, quickly jump in first and, and just uh, express how excited I am for this one. Um, had the uh, pleasure of meeting Steph, Chino and the team uh, in Riga last year. And uh, yeah, obviously I'm a huge fan of, of all things peer-to-peer. So uh, super, super excited for this one. So yeah, great to have these two on. Yeah, thanks for having us. Like, it was great to meet you actually in Riga. Like, remember when we just launched Peach, like officially closed beta and the first cash trade that I had, I didn't know who was trading with, and then it turned out it was Bitcoin Q and A. That was quite funny to see. <laughs> yeah, proud to be uh, to be one of the first uh, te- beta testers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was one of the first official trades we had. So definitely, you're an OG now. I love it. I might put that in my Twitter bio. I think. <laughs> thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you all so much for coming on this week. Uh, do you want to just start off by giving you the chance to introduce yourselves a bit? Um, tell us a little bit about why you're working on Peach, uh, and then maybe if you can intro what Peach is. Um, Steph, if you want to kick us off, and then Chino, you can you can roll in after. Yeah, well, I'm um, I'm proof of Steph on on Bitcoin Twitter. I think that's how people have uh, known me a little bit in the in the small Bitcoin community before we started to do to do Peach. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and yeah, I mean, now I'm, I'm, I'm basically working together with, uh, with Chino and Bitcoin Labado, who is not with us today, and uh, two other engineers on, uh, on pitch. And we, we basically here to, to make uh, stacking sets peer to peer to stand up. Love it. And how about you, Chino? Yeah, like mostly, I, I think I have to thank Steph for like, actually being where I'm here today with you because if it wasn't for Steph bringing her idea of like hey let's build Peach actually she didn't even bring the idea with like I want to uh, you to build this but she was just pitching the idea that she had in her mind and like I immediately was hooked by that like I knew something like Peach was needed and from day one I just kept working on Peach like first uh, on the sidelines where I do my fiat job and then I went full in and yeah, now we're here. I love it. And I, th- I think that's one of the things that I found with all of the builders in the Bitcoin space that I've had the, had the privilege to talk to is that there's a, a deep passion behind why people are engaged, why people are choosing to to take the real risk to work on a Bitcoin project rather than just kind of a, a, a separate fiat project that oftentimes can be less risky and easier. Um, but there's a, a clear passion behind it. So I, I love hearing that as well from y'all. Um, and I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more, maybe just intro us into what Peach is before we dive into to some of the background and get into some more questions around it. So Peach, it started with the idea of making stacking sets as easy as possible. And also to um, encourage uh, 
self-custody as well. Like we saw, especially, you know, back, back in the days, always started with like centralized exchanges and people just kept holding their Bitcoins on a KYC exchange in the worst case. And I got hooked by that idea when I heard first of the proof of keys, which is actually why I started to hold my own keys because of the day, January the 3rd, just to celebrate self-sovereignty. I got hooked by that. And then I discovered, okay, there are P2P exchanges that was using HODL HODL a lot, like was my go-to P2P exchange. And naturally I wanted to also get my friends and my family on board. And I tried to explain HODL HODL, the BISC, and it was really difficult. Like I managed maybe to guide two people through the HODL HODL process, but they didn't do it on their own. And this is, then why Peach became so interesting for me, because it was something as simple as Peach needed to make stacking P2P as easy as possible. And yeah, I think I'm now turning in circles here. Like Peach is simple, it's easy to understand, and it's on the go on a mobile phone. And this is what I always wanted from a P2P exchange. So that's why I'm working with passion on this project. Um, I, I think Chino said it all. Um, we we aim to make pitch the easiest and also the fastest uh, peer to peer exchange. Um, I think peer to peer doesn't have to be complicated. Um, we even see it on on I mean on, on the, in the fiat world with the I mean <laughs> with the fiat services like if we if we for example take um, Uber or Airbnb this is also Airbnb is also a matchmaking platform as well and at the end of the day this is what we we're doing um, and we're also providing the um, um, security infrastructure like with the with the escrow um, with the customer support service the, the dispute management uh, to make sure that those peer-to-peer -peer trades go through um, there is also maybe another important part of pitch which is the the reputation system um, it allows peers on the network to on the pitch network at least to 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 build up a, to build up trust to build up a reputation and and this reputation is actually becoming um more and more valuable over time and 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 i force it to become even more valuable as as pitch continue to grow um even currently we can see that our beta users have, have a lot of attachment for their reputation score for their badges that they win um, um after after some trades uh, so that's that's definitely something that that we want to 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 keep working on and, and to evolve um we, we we i mean um, i'm extending it a little bit here but but um having a reputation system that is verifiable and exportable i think it's going to be extremely valuable um even if we we're um thinking ahead like uh integration with with uh, open protocol like noster and things like that so yeah there, there's a lot i mean there's matchmaking plus the security infrastructure that makes pitch what it is but i think that there's a lot of of side things as well uh, that that come and complete the products, and that that user experience issue is really the the key sticking point that I've run into when I've been trying to to onboard people to peer to peer exchanges, trying to educate on the the risks of KYC exchanges and and why Bitcoiners should opt out of using them and start to do things peer to peer only. Uh, and it it definitely is something where in the past it's been not the easiest experience. I think a lot of the difficulty has been overblown a bit by people who just don't want to bother and don't actually try it. But 
it, there's definitely been a, a learning curve and a bit of barrier to entry to the the peer to peer trading experience around Bitcoin. Um, so it's been really cool to see a, a renewed focus on user experience, on UI, on the things that that make it more approachable for people um, with tools like Peach. I think it'll have been a, a big breakthrough in that area. Um, but to get a little bit more back to basics on why easy peer-to-peer exchange is important, maybe just tell us a little bit about why you see the, the ability to buy and sell peer-to-peer as something worth building around. Because I think people need to understand like why it's so important in order to have a tool that's easy to use for this, rather than just telling people to go use Coinbase or Kraken or anything like that. Yeah, the main advantage of trading P2P or buying and selling Bitcoin P2P, I, I, personally, P2P for me seems less more about trading, but less about trading, but more about actually yeah, getting Bitcoin or selling Bitcoin if you're in need of fiat instead of buying and selling for the sake of, of profit, of the profit motive. Of course, you can do that. Um, but yeah, like one advantage of P2P trading is that it's more private and there is less of a single point of failure. Like, for example, if you have a KYC exchange and you're a customer on that platform, at the push of the button, your account is frozen. You cannot get your fiat out or your Bitcoin out. So that's why people say like, hey, you should hold your own keys. And with P2P trading platforms, it's more going in the direction that you also are in control of your own keys. So um, this is one advantage. And then the other one is also that from a government perspective, and I don't want to go too much into conspiracy theories, but just imagine a malicious actor gets hold of your bank data and they see, okay, you're tr- sending money to this known entity, it could be a Bitcoin exchange, and they can derive information from that. They just look at your bank statements and they know that you're buying and selling Bitcoin. But if you trade P2P, you're just sending Bitcoin, or not Bitcoin, you're sending euros or Swiss franc to just another private person. It just looks like a regular bank transfer. It could be a customer of your freelancer or a friend. And it's really hard to keep track of that, like not to mention to, to censor these transactions. So there's also less of a central point of failure that you could just be locked out of the system. And I kind of know from uh, by proxy that a friend of mine, he cannot buy Bitcoin on some exchanges because his bank is not allowing him to send them money. I mean, for his own safety, of course, but not really. So if he uses Peach or other any other P2P Bitcoin exchange, they cannot block him because it just looks like a regular transaction, which is really great. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's for your own safety. And um, and I would add uh, I would add one thing to to that. Like uh, so, obviously the KYC free thing is uh, is important, um, but usability as well. Um, well, on peer to peer, there are many many payment methods that you can use. So as Chino very widely pointed out a lot of banks in in europe and and uh and even outside europe um, are, are actually blocking bank transfers to to bitcoin companies so usability the choice of uh using the payment method of your choice whatever it is online wallet gift card or even cash trades 
uh, are actually extremely important for the user. Um, right now with Pitch, we started to, to, to integrate cash trades um, by partnering with, with meetups all across uh, Europe. But we, we want to integrate um, um, cash trade uh, organically within the app as well, later down the road. Yeah, I'm glad that you you mentioned the the simplicity that actually comes with peer-to-peer swaps if the user experience is good and that you don't have to do the whole KYC verification photo with your passport, do a dance. You don't have to go through that whole, not only privacy invasive process, but also just a, a painful process to do and then wait for verification and all that. You don't have to worry about especially in the US where like our banking system is so far behind the times in terms of technology, you're, you don't have to wait for three or four days for an ACH transfer or wire transfer to go through. You don't have to pay all those fees. You can just find someone to trade with who supports the payment method you want. Uh, in the US, I think it's really common to use something like Zelle or Cash App or face-to-face cash, which is a fantastic option for privacy. Uh, and all of those are usually faster and easier <laughs> than using a centralized exchange, which is is something that I don't think a lot of people understand. Exactly, exactly. In Pitch, we we actually made a decision to not even ask for an email or a phone number or nada, nothing. So you basically really create an account in less than 10 seconds. Yeah, I think uh, that was one of the huge selling points for me was that I uh, I initially downloaded the app when it was in beta phase and I was uh, went through the super simple onboard and I was like, wait, is that it? Are we, am I done? Oh my yeah. God, right, I'm ready to trade. Like it was mind-blowing. Um, just for, for any of the prospective Peach uh, users that haven't yet tried the app, could you perhaps uh, outline some of the, the most commonly used payment methods that are, um, people are using when they're trading on the app? Um, yeah, right now, Revolut is um, is very, very um, commonly used. Revolut, SEPA, um, WISE as well. So I would say those three are the are the top three. Yeah, I know Revolut's uh, pretty big in in Europe, yeah. isn't it? So it, do, it doesn't surprise me to see that that one top of the list. Actually, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, big fan of them. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think there's a, a lot there that people just need to dive in and actually use these tools and see how how seamless the process can really be there. Um, yeah. Along the same lines, a, a quick question that I had for you is just kind of like how would you pitch the idea of trading Bitcoin directly with other Bitcoiners? To someone who's maybe a little bit scared by the concept, or it seems a little bit too too hard or daunting, because I think a lot of people, it's it, the hardest part is actually just deciding to get their feet wet and start to do it. Um, so, what's maybe a way that you would pitch Peach or just broadly peer to peer Bitcoin trades uh, to someone who's maybe a little bit more scared by that concept? I think the biggest fear that one could have is to trade with somebody they don't know. Like, I mean, we're all strangers on the internet and it feels kind of scary to send somebody you don't know euros, let's say, through SEPA and you cannot reverse it. Um, I think the biggest advantage of using platforms like Peach, but I think almost all P2P platforms, they're using escrow mechanisms. So it means that the Bitcoin that the seller is selling to you, they're secured by another party in, in the trade. So... In the case of Peach, we are part of the escrow. And if the seller would decide to scam, which is actually quite rare, like I'm, I think we only had like a couple, a handful of cases of people trying to scam others. And we always managed to just resolve it in the favor of the person who was in the right, of course. So if you're a buyer and you, you pay somebody, say, 200 euros via SEPA, and the seller is not giving you the Bitcoin, then we can 
step into the process and we can say, well, seller, you're not getting your sales back, but we're going to pay out the buyer. So with that security mechanism, everybody is incentivized also to play fair. And which is why I also think we haven't seen many scamming attempts because it's almost a foolproof system. Like as long as you can trust Peach that we are not colluding with the seller, I think it's uh, all, all good. Yeah, I, I think what the buyer really appreciates with Peach right now is that when they enter a trade, the SATs are already locked into the escrow. So the process is, is fastened up, basically. Awesome. Yeah, the, the idea of just getting scammed is certainly, I think, the biggest area where people are, are worried about the, the idea of a peer-to-peer -peer swap because there's not kind of a centralized exchange they can they can complain about on Twitter or something like that uh, in that scenario. But that's where it's really important that each peer-to-peer -peer exchange takes very concerted steps towards building in safeguards, uh, which it definitely does sound like like y'all have done there. Yeah, yeah. Just maybe um, another point is um, is that when users open a dispute, um, Peach gets access to the history of the chat conversation between the two peers. So it helps a lot to resolve the dispute to be able to see the history of the discussion, um, and then for the moderator to take uh, to take the right the right call. So we basically have a lot of information. We have the reputation. We have the history of of events for each users. We have uh, obviously the sats that sit in the escrow and the possibility to chat with the two users at the same time from the app. Awesome. Thanks for, for breaking that down a little bit for us. Uh, and for somebody who is first time coming to Peach, what can they expect from that process of actually setting up the setting up the app, doing their first trade? What's kind of the normal flow that people go through there? Yeah, you can see it for two kinds of users. Uh, let's start with the buying. That's probably what more people are interested in. So if you download the app, and you just go through the onboarding process. There's a little explainer, like four slides. And then you just have a button, new account, which you can press. Then it's generating your Peach account, like a private key and a public key pair. And then you're in. You basically have a Peach account, and you can start uh, with the buying process. The buying process is you just choose a range of how many sets you want to buy. We, by the way, we're uh, sets the standard, guys. Like. You see the fiat prices, but everything you choose is denominated in sats. So you can, for example, choose that you want to buy between 500,000 sats and a million sats. You see the uh, equivalent uh, euro prices or Swiss franc prices, depending on what you choose. And you click Next. You choose your payment methods. For example, Revolut. You just click on Add New Payment Method. You choose Revolut. You type in your ref tag. You save that, and then you publish your buy offer. And if you're lucky, there are already sell offers uh, that are matching your offer. So they would also be in Revolut, Euro if you have chosen Euro, and within the range that you have chosen. And you just click on those offers that you like. You click on Match, and then you wait for the seller to match you back. So then on the flip side, if you're the seller, the process is almost identical. You choose the amount of you want to sell. You choose your payment method. You get displayed an escrow address which you fund and after you have funded the escrow your offer is being published so if you're now the seller and you receive matches from buyers 
you also have the possibility to choose what you want. So if there's a buyer offer of a buyer who has perfect reputation and maybe another buyer who has, does not have perfect reputation, you probably want to choose the one with a perfect reputation. So you choose then, you double match. And once two users have double match, they go into a trade. And for the buyer, they see the payment information where they should buy it to. They have a chat window where they can chat to the seller in case they open questions. But otherwise, you just make the, the fiat payment. You say that you made the fiat payment. And then if you're the seller, you just wait for the fiat payment to arrive on your Revolut account or your bank account, whatever you choose. And once you confirm that you have received it, the sets are released automatically to the buyer. And that completes the trade. Like after the trade, you can still rate your counterparty. If it was all good, you give thumbs up and then you're all done. You either made money or you stacked sets. Sounds like a pretty uh, pretty painless process there. It's it's pretty crazy how smooth things have gotten in the peer-to-peer -peer Bitcoin space. Um, any extra thoughts you want to add around that Q&A as somebody who's used it? Unfortunately, I'm in the US, so I haven't been able to actually use Peach, Peach Bitcoin myself, which is, is sad, but um, I'd love to hear a little bit more from you if you have any other thoughts on that process, Q. Yeah, I think uh, Chino did a great job of, of explaining the, the flow. Um, it really is as simple as he says it is. One of my favorite things about when you are browsing the, the various offers that meet your criteria is that you can actually, there's a little hyperlink and you can, um, it says view in escrow and you can literally go onto a mempool.space Bitcoin Explorer and see the sats that the seller has pledged into the escrow there on the blockchain ready to go. Again, just that extra peace of mind for the buyer that they're, they're getting into a trade um, with somebody who has actually got the Bitcoin that they're saying that they want to sell. So um, yeah, really great feature. And it's something I've not seen uh, visible to to, to buyers um, when the uh, buyer is, before they sort of take into that trade as well. So that was one of my favorites that uh, just noted that Gino failed to mention there and I wanted to make sure everybody was aware of that. Um, outside of that, yeah, I think um, it's just really in intuitive um, and the fact that you can set different types of uh, buy offers based on the different types of payment uh, methods that you've got available to you is, uh, is absolutely fantastic. Um, I do have two follow-up uh, somewhat topical questions uh, around today's uh, exorbitant fee rates. Um, as a buyer in Peach, um, where do um, where do the mempool fees come from? Uh, who's paying for those? Uh, as when when I, if I go on Peach and t I take a trade? Yeah, that's a good question. So obviously, if you're a seller, you have to pay for the funding transaction to fund the escrow, and then as a as a buyer, you also carry them. The, the mining fees for the release transaction. But you're not completely out of control. We have uh, in the settings, we have a network fee tab where you can choose the fees that you prefer. So either you choose the uh, recommended fee, so we divide it by uh, fastest, half an hour, one hour, and then you can put in a custom fee. So if you are uh, so brave and put in a one sat per VBuy transaction, <laughs> you could do that. Although we don't recommend it because they're being purged in most cases. So yeah, you are in control of uh, how much you want to pay for the uh, release transaction fees. 
but that's uh, yeah, that's really comforting to know actually, because uh, you know, especially for some of the smaller trades, um, today's network fees. You know, if you're wanting to get that confirmed within the next sixty minutes, then that could be a, a significant portion of the stats that you're going to buy. So it's good to know that the buyers have have got that level of control. Um, yeah, real nice f- feature. Uh, and I guess uh, more of a probing question, uh, but and it, and I know that it completely changes the uh, the the risk and the trade off models of of your whole um, how Peach works with the with the escrow system, but you guys got any plans afoot to look to integrate the Lightning Network at all? Yeah, it's the question that appears very frequently is always when Lightning. Um, we we want to integrate Lightning, but we reckon that's not a small feat. Like um, we want to hold to our premise that uh, we uh, uh, encourage self custody and. I mean, it would be super easy to just put in a custodial model and, well, get the sets off as quickly as possible, basically. But ideally, if we can, it would be great if we also can find a custodial, self-custodial solution. But that's going to be difficult. So we definitely, we are going to look into this. But right now, we are focusing on the on the base layer, on chain transactions. We want to nail this first before we can build on top of that. So it's coming, but give us more time. And just to put this maybe into perspective, uh, recently, I think yesterday, HODL HODL announced that they soon integrate Lightning as well. And they have said that they worked for several years on it. Like, I don't think not... they said it's Lightning, though. Did they? they? They say they were working on something huge for years. I think it was Lightning. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, yeah, think... I think it was a quote tweet around lightning support so yeah. i think it was a, it was a loose implication but not not super clear right you can say it clearly yeah also maybe to quickly plug in a chill for robosats i mean if you want to stack sets on lightning smaller transactions use their service they're working natively on lightning which is great you just need to know a bit how to operate lightning transactions this way and of course if we are going to implement Lightning. We want to also make it easy for newcomers also to understand and dealing with Lightning invoices and how the UX and the UI currently is. We are not there yet to onboard the masses. And one note that I'd make around that, as much as I absolutely love RoboSats, and think it's a fantastic tool, the compatibility with wallets is a key pain point there. And that's, that is because the difficulty of doing escrow through Lightning adds a lot of complexity and they essentially do a kind of hacky way of doing hold invoices that not all wallets will recognize or or work with. So it is definitely one of those areas where lightning support in a non-custodial way is is really tricky. Um, so it's something that we'll, we'll definitely need to get right. But I'm, I'm curious to see where we, where we end up there soon. Because I, I think especially in fee markets like this, it becomes more and more important that it's an option. Even if it's not necessarily the, the main tool that people use, it's an important as an option. So I'm, I'm curious to see what y'all come up with in the next however long it takes to build out a solution there. Uh, but definitely understand the complexity. Yeah, good to get your thoughts around the, the lightning piece and completely understand that that's a completely different uh, kettle of fish and trade-off model that you guys need to to put some good thought to. So uh, yeah, great. Appreciate your thoughts on that one. I do have one follow-up question for the perspective, another one for the perspective Peach users. Um, do I need to, to bring a wallet with me uh, to Peach? Do I already have to have an existing wallet? Will Peach provide that for me? Because I know that some of the other uh, peer-to-peer markets take different approaches. Uh, BISC has a built-in wallet. HODL, HODL, you have to supply an address for the withdrawal to go to. So be good to 
to get uh, your thoughts on how Peach takes this approach and, and why you did it the way that you did. Yeah, so we have an, a Peach wallet uh, inside the Peach app and it's enabled by default, but you, you're not forced to use it. You can also just provide your receiving address where you want to receive your Bitcoin to. Um, that said, we are under Swiss regulation. So that means if you're a buyer, you will have to sign your address and you see the message you sign. Like it doesn't contain any private information. It just says, I am this Peach account controlling this address. I don't know what it proves to the regulators, but uh, this is what they're requiring. So if you use the Peach wallet, that's handled automatically. Like you don't have to take care of this. So obviously also if you're a seller, you can also set your refund address to an external address. You don't need to sign this one because you already proved that you're in control of your funds. And yeah, you're good to go. We're also going to implement XPUB support really soon. And we also found that it also only requires one signature, so you don't have to sign over and over again. And this way we solve the issue with address reuse as well and kind of marry it with convenience as well. That's fascinating that if you use an XPUB, you only have to do one signature. Because as soon as you said that, I was like, that sounds like a an interesting user experience if you'd have to sign every single address that the XPUB use, is used to derive. So that's very fascinating that it's only a single signature for the, the strange regulation you'll have there. Yeah, we are, we are doing the, the dance for sure. But yeah, I mean, cryptographically, if you're using the XPUB and you just sign with the first address, everything is cryptographically linked. So why would you need more signatures? Makes no sense. Um, just wanted to say, yeah, right. Uh, if when we're going to implement XPUB support and you're keen on using an XPUB, I recommend to just use an extra XPUB just for Peach. Like, don't use an XPUB that is connected to your other funds. Uh, I think most wallets or many wallets also support account systems. So you can create multiple accounts for the same seed. So I recommend to use a separate account for if you're intending to share it with third parties. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is one of the keys with XPUBs is if you give over the XPUB for your, your normal wallet that you use every day, you're revealing both all used addresses currently and every future address that you will ever use could easily be derived by anybody who has that XPUB. So definitely important to use a, a unique account for this under whatever wallet you're using. There's almost always a way to, to create new accounts and then each account will have its own XPUB. Uh, so definitely an important call out there that you do not want to give over the XPUB for your general wallet because you would definitely lose all current and future privacy there. Diving into a little bit more of what Peach does as, a, as an entity. Uh, I think a lot of our listeners and a lot of the, the community that, that we serve right now is very privacy oriented. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about what information Peach learns about its users when they use the app to buy and sell Bitcoin. Because uh, I think it's important to understand both what the other peer learns about you, which usually is obviously you're paying them with some sort of fiat app or, or service, and then what Peach themselves, you guys actually learn about each user of your app. So um, to keep it short, not much, um, but to extend on that. So what we know is the following. So each Peach account comes with a public key and a private key pair. And you just share the public key pair bit, which is your, your Peach account, your Peach ID, we like to say. And then there's also a GPG key. Uh, you also have a private key and a public key. You want to share the public key, of course. What you optionally can share is analytical data, 
which is um yeah there's a pop-up in the beginning it says do you allow us to track uh, analytical data which only includes uh what screen you see and anonymized data like if you make a trade how much it was in which currency so we actually don't want to know all the stuff like why why do we need to know that and that said what we then don't know is all the payment details that you put in the app because you only share it with your counterparty so the way this works is you encrypt it with a symmetric key that you share only with your private uh, with your counterparty and it goes through our channels but we cannot read them out they cannot decrypt it unless you open a dispute at which point as steph said earlier the chat history is revealed and the payment details so that's the only point when we potentially could find something out about our user and this is a voluntarily step to help us uh, yeah help us mediating the dispute of course is the pgp key that's generated for each user what's used to encrypt the chat between the users Yes, yeah, we're using that. There is something that we use to identify the device without knowing what the device is, which is um, there's something called a unique ID, which we hash in the app and then send to the server. All we know is a hash of the unique ID. So um, on the server, it's hashed again, which means that if somebody would get access to our database, they only see garbly gook and they cannot even figure out if if they could ever find that out, what device uh, the user is using. But that's only to like so restore reputation. So if you lose your account, uh, you get, you send this uh, hash of the unique ID and we can essentially verify, okay, you use the same device. You were this user before, we can give you your reputation back. Fascinating. I wasn't that sure that that was how the, the reputation was, was handled. So that's definitely, definitely an important piece and glad that, that y'all share, I think, a ethos with with us at foundation of minimizing what information you get access to i think that that is the approach that every company should take unfortunately it's not too common especially outside of the the bitcoin space but it's one that is definitely the the right approach there um one last question around kind of the the user experience is how does the kind of backup and restore process for peach work like like you mentioned if you lose your device if you accidentally delete the app or something like that, what's the process like to actually go ahead and get back your reputation, your trade history, any of the info around that? Yeah, so um, we have multiple layers of how you could recover your account. So first of all, there is a backup file that you can save on your device, on the cloud. You put in a password, so it's encrypted with your password, and you just put it somewhere safe. Like it could be on a pen drive, on your hard drive, Google Drive, if you really must, iCloud. As long as your password is strong enough, it should be also secure. So should you need to recover your account, you could just upload that file and again into the app, put in your password, and you're good to go because the backup file contains your private keys. Then next step is we have the 12 thirds heat phrase. So if you are in need of recovering, especially your funds, you can use the 12 words in any other wallet app that uh, supporting BIP84. It's most, it's SegWit, basically. Everybody uses it at the moment. And yeah, this way you can recover the funds from the Peach Wallet. And then last thing, if you have neither of those, but you still have the same phone, then if you click New Account, we're able through the hashed unique ID to detect, oh, okay, you have used 
Peach before with this device, and we can essentially then restore at least your reputation by linking your new account with your old one. So those are currently the three ways you can recover uh, your, your Peach account. Awesome. Thanks for, for diving into that. I think it's definitely an important piece because this is, is in the, the non-custodial, kind of self-custodial area where you are taking some personal responsibility. So that ability to restore is a, an important one that people understand both how it works and why it's important that they, they actually do back yeah. up and, and take things seriously. Yeah, being in control of your own data comes with responsibility. And as the saying goes, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. It also goes, not your keys, not your Peach account. Although we found some interesting ways to at least get the reputation back. But yeah, the, the saying holds true as well to, to Peach accounts. Now, the last question that I had for you before we dive into listener questions is, I think, a pretty big one. Uh, it's one that, that I've heard a lot of people mention when they're talking about Peach, especially in kind of the free and open source community. Uh, and I'd love to get your thoughts around how Peach is approaching open source. Uh, I know right now the app is not open source, uh, but I've heard y'all mention something about being source verifiable in the future. I'd love to get some more some more thoughts and insight into the approach that you've taken so far, how you view kind of free and open source software intersecting with what you're building uh, and, and where your plans really lie in that area. Yeah, so first off, I mean, everything we're telling you here right now, you have to trust us that it's indeed true, of course, which is why we also want to make our source code public. But as you said, yes, we want uh, verifiable source code just to legally protect us. Uh, we're still a young company. We cannot afford copycats who just have millions of funds and just build a peach based on our intellectual property. But the source code we're definitely going to make available. The only thing that's currently stopping us, but it has almost now yeah, been taken out of the way was to get the API ready. So just to be compliant, because uh, we need to prove that one user is one account and that they cannot just spin up many accounts and basically work around the trading limit. So the server needed to get ready first before we go open source, because if we go open source, then everybody, we also want to make our API public as well. And if the app goes open source, then naturally we have to also make the API public. So. Um, we're currently in the last preparation phase, and hopefully very soon we are then also going uh, open source with, with the Peach app. And everybody is also invited to build their own clients if they don't want to use our app for whatever reason. I think there are legitimate, uh, legitimate uh, reasons to do that. If you're a professional P2P trader, for example. So yeah, you don't even have to use our app in the end but you can still interface with uh, our Peach server as well. Do you happen to know what specific license you are going to put on the code yet? I'm curious to see exactly like what can be done with the code since it's source viewable and not free and open source. Yeah, it's, you mentioned it in one of your tweets, actually. It's going to be MATCC most likely. And yeah, I'm holding you there that personally you don't have anything against that license. And Speaking of this whole drama that recently unfolded with open sourcing and all this stuff, we want to be open about it. So we definitely were not going to pretend that we are free and open source software because we are not going to be. But verifiable source code, I think, is fair for all parties. And it's an all right to do so. 
And I think what's mattering most is that people can actually verify that what we claim the app is doing is indeed doing it. Yeah, and, and I'm glad that you mentioned the specific license because it's one that I've been, been diving into more deeply recently. Um, but it is definitely one for those who aren't familiar with MITCC. It essentially means that anyone can take the code and build other clients, use it to build another project, etc. as long as you don't build a company around it with that code from Peach being the majority of the product that you create. Um, so it's essentially a way to still allow people to use the code, but not allow companies to build businesses around it. Whether or not they make it open source after that point, uh, if they break the license, then it's it's not compliant with with MITCC. So it's, it's an interesting one. It's kind of a in a unique place where I haven't seen it used in, in any projects so far. But I do understand trying to make sure that you don't get copycats or competitors causing problems. Um, I think my my main pushback around it is normally just that it does limit the amount of innovation that people can build out around Peach. And it limits some of the incentive around building out things for the, the Peach ecosystem. But I think it is a little bit less detrimental, in my view, for something like Peach, which is a, a platform that's used for a specific thing rather than like a, a hardware wallet, for instance, where security and tons of eyes on the code is, is more vital because it's securing all of your Bitcoin funds or something like that. Whereas it's a little bit different when you're talking about something like Peach Bitcoin and your, your client and API. Um, so it's definitely an interesting spot. And I, I think the most important thing is that you are upfront about it. And that's the thing that I do really appreciate is you're you're not trying to kind of pretend that it's open source or write the coattails of the, the FOSS movement, but you're, you've been very upfront that you're not going to make it free and open source software, but that you will make it source verifiable or source viewable is another term for that. Uh, under the MITCC license. So any other thoughts around that, Steph or Q, that you want to you jump in with? Yeah, just echo your thoughts, really. Uh, appreciate the guys' uh, openness and honesty around their, their intentions and, and the, the the reason for, for taking their specific approach. So yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, no, no, no other thoughts for me. I want the code to be verifiable. That's, uh, that's the goal. Yeah, awesome. Thank you all for being willing to, to jump in on that. I know that... The discussions around licensing and free and open source software and other things can be a little bit uh, can be a little bit daunting and get a, can get aggressive sometimes, uh, especially on Twitter. So glad you are willing to cover it and, and glad you are being so upfront and transparent with with how you're approaching it and then letting people decide if that's a, a deal breaker, a problem, or if it's just totally fine with with how they view Peach. I think that's definitely important. We do have some listener questions that were submitted before we actually went live that I wanted to jump into because um, I think that they're they're important and they're just solid questions that were asked by people in our community. Um, so the, the first question that I have for y'all, Gino and Steph, uh, is from Larry Lasermind on Twitter. And he just wanted to know what nodes are used when you use Peach's built-in wallet uh, and maybe any more info about how you run them or how you secure them. Yeah, so Peach Wallet is currently connecting to our... Electron server. We're using the implementation by Blockstream. And yeah, I mean, Bitcoin Core on the back end, of course. And that's pretty much it. So we. No, no there's nothing more to it, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's Electron Private Server on our servers, and the Peach Wallet is connecting to it. That's it. Um, thinking about that. Peach Wallet, you could also choose your own Electrum server you want to point to. Um, it was an idea that kind of got lost um, the battlefield, uh, but we might gonna Im implement it at some point soon. 
Yeah, I think it would be great to see, but I definitely also understand that you allow people to use other external wallets and just share an address. So if, the, if someone has a concern where they want to run their own node for those specific trades, they can do that with their own wallet. You could use something like Envoy and connect it directly to their Electrum server or Fulcrum server and just use that for the, the buying side. So, Well, second question that I had from y'all from our listeners was from Satori on Noster. Uh, and he wanted to, well, I guess we already covered lightning support overall. So we'll skip that one a little bit because we did dive into that already. Um, but maybe do you have any other plans around how you'll handle high fee environments long-term? Is there anything other than lightning you're exploring or any changes to the, the fee model or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, feeling the pain, it's definitely pushing us to look more into this. Uh, one thing we definitely want to enable very soon is replace by fee in the Peach Wallet. And also looking into ways how we could do replace by fee from the escrow release. But that's a bit more challenging because it requires a cooperation from the seller, which, yeah, if their trade is done for them, they don't have an incentive to bump the fees for the buyer unless they're playing nicely. Um, other things that we're looking into is batching, so that we assist sellers batching funding transactions that they don't, if they don't know how to batch, they Peach is kind of like helping them through the process. And then also on the other side, batching escrow release transactions. So if you can afford to wait maybe a day or a couple of hours to pay less in fees and also gain a bit of more privacy through pay joins, this is something definitely where we are exploring and would be an opt-in feature as well to batch. But then also, now that it's really difficult or at least really expensive to transact on the main chain, we're also looking to liquid if this is a possible contender. So, I mean, it's still Bitcoin, it's just with different uh, trade-offs, but definitely also a viable solution. I love the idea of, of batching, especially as Peach gains more more liquidity, more users, more trades. Because the more trades you have, the more Bitcoin you have flowing through Peach's systems, the, the more economical and the faster batching can happen. So I think it's a, a fascinating one that I'd love to see expand as you do gain more users. Yeah, it's also a lot of self-interest uh, to batch the release transactions. Because <laughs> as we take like, a little cut, uh, small UTXO, they sum up, and if we start batching, we also would save on the consolidation of the fees that we earn. So we have personal interest, but also users save, um, I think, calculated 20% if we do a batching of 100 transactions. So there's definitely some saving there on both fronts. Yeah, yeah I'm glad that y'all are exploring other options as well, because as we talked about, lightning support can be a little tricky. So I think it's important to to see what you can do, especially what you can do with on-chain transactions, since there will always be benefits to that, especially for, for larger trades over a couple hundred dollars. Um, another good question that we got from our audience was from Nakamoto21 on Telegram. Uh, and I'm sure this is one you'll answer plenty, um, but it's simply, when do you plan on offering Peach to US users? And then do you foresee any legal issues there? Never. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> well, I mean, never say it's... never, but for now it's for now. Yeah, I guess it's not because we don't want to, but the US is a special place on this planet Earth. 
yeah, for all our all our great things, our financial regulation is is not necessarily the best. So I know that it can be tricky there. Sad to hear, as someone who's in the U.S., that that I won't be a, a peach user for at least a long time. Um, but I can definitely definitely keep hoping, and maybe something will drastically change in the the regulation landscape here. Uh, the next one I think is it's really related, and I think timely with all of the anti cryptocurrency anti privacy regulation that we're seeing happening really across the world. Uh, but this one's from Watchman Privacy on Telegram. And he wanted to hear your thoughts around the legal landscape for peer-to-peer -peer exchanges today and kind of where you see it playing out. I am not speculating on, on future legal stuff that whatever government can come up with. It's 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 a it's a waste of time in my opinion. Like I'm I'm uh we're working with lawyers who are good at what they're doing in switzerland um that's their job uh we're running pitch it's 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 a lot already we we cannot just spend time speculating so we're navigating through regulation keeping an eye out there and and that's 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 more than enough understandable yeah yeah i definitely definitely <laughs> get the the sentiment there uh, last question that I have for y'all before we go ahead and wrap up uh, was one that just came in on Telegram from user Lincoln Park Rules, and he just wanted to know for the reputation aspect of Peach. You mentioned that you can use that unique device ID to restore reputation if somehow you've lost your backup file. Is there any plan to use something like Auth47, which is a way to use Bit47 or PayNims to authenticate, or Noster keys for the actual reputation piece? You can use a key that you already have. As a way to prove that you're the same, the same person later on. Yeah, like the beauty of Bitcoin cryptography, or like yeah, generally cryptography, that it's kind of turning out to be all interruptible. So I mean, if you already have a private key that you what you want to use, for example, you could perfectly just use this. You type in your twelve words in the recovery process, and you're good to go. You generate, uh, not even generate, you just create a peach account that happens to have the same private key. So yeah, because peach accounts are Bitcoin public key, private key cryptography, and Nostar also is interoperable that. So we're looking into how we could get authentication authentication through Nostar as well at some point. It would be great if you could just link your Nostar identity with Peach and you could start trading. Yeah, I definitely think it's it's a valuable option. I think the only downside is that if you use something like Noster, you are linking your Noster identity with your Peach account in some way, which isn't necessarily the best idea as far as privacy is concerned. Um, so it's definitely one where there are trade-offs, but it does simplify that process, especially as more and more Bitcoiners start using Noster. It's a, it's a key that they're going to have lying around and, and handy. So something that would be interesting as an alternative. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, the challenge is always to back up your accounts. And with each seed phrase that you have to back up, there's more risk that you lose one of them. If you could have all at, under one, but then it's also a trade-off again, because once your single seed phrase is compromised, then everything is compromised. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny like to, to consider all these angles. But yeah, definitely, it's I think it's technically possible. And we're at some point, we're looking into that as well how to make it happen. Yeah, and we're already working towards that because we, we're doing a lot of work to separate the pitch wallet and the pitch account, so the pitch reputation. Um, so those two assets will be 
clearly differentiate within the app the wallet on one side and the reputation on the other side and we want noobs to understand that very easily as well absolutely and i think that's one of the important things that's been missing from a lot of the the tools built out around bitcoin is really prioritizing the less technical less savvy, less deeply into Bitcoin user and making sure that they have useful tools. Because um, I think a lot of times it's it's techie, pil- te- techie people building for themselves, for techie people, uh, and it can leave people left out. So that's one of the things that I, I do love about your approach and your focus on, on user experience there. Uh, I think that that's all the questions that we had. I don't see any live on Twitter. Um, so if we want to just wrap up here, I'd love to hear maybe final thoughts from each of you, Chino and Steph and Q, and then we'll go ahead and close out. I'll sign it off to say, uh, yeah, just keep up the awesome work. Um, you guys are doing great things for, for peer-to-peer Bitcoin usage. So thank you personally. Uh, thank you on behalf of uh, everybody else that wants to obtain Bitcoin privately. Um, yeah, love to see it and keep up the good work, guys. Look forward to, to hopefully seeing you in Riga as well. Yeah, me too. Well, definitely thank you for having us uh, tonight. I mean, Europe it's already late. Uh, it was a fun one. Like, I really enjoyed talking to you about Peach. Thank you very much for your support, guys, and for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all so much for being willing to, to carve time out of your busy schedules and, and jump on at night for y'all. I think it's really important to get the message out about how approachable peer-to-peer exchanges are, are becoming and really the value there. Um, so definitely echo what Q said. Thank you so much for everything that y'all are doing around Peach Bitcoin. Thank you for your, your transparency into the approach you're taking with the code and with how you're building things out. Uh, I'm really excited to see where Peach ends up in the next year or two. But thank you all so much again for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for jumping in for this episode of Journey to Sovereignty. And I hope you'll join us for our next live Twitter space every other Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. GMT. Joining us live gives you a chance to listen in, participate, and get your questions answered on the spot. Follow us at FoundationDVCS on Twitter to keep up with the latest news, get notifications when we go live, and much more. See you at the next one, and thanks for joining us on the journey to sovereignty.